Hello and welcome to the latest EVs and Beyond podcast. We're on the road this week testing the Jaguar I-Pace, so we've got no news section. But that's kind of a positive, as I mentioned, get straight to our interview just that little bit quicker. And it's a special one. Catherine Leitner, the Chief Executive of Asthma New Zealand, and Debbie van der Skaaf, a sales specialist for ABB, join me to discuss the benefits of electric vehicles you may not have thought, thought of, and how the Asthma New Zealand rollout of electric vehicles with ABB charges has gone. Enjoy. Now the team here at EVs and Beyond do a lot of miles on electric vehicles, so we spend a fair bit of time at fast charges. And you know what fast charges we really like? ABB. And I'm not just saying this because they're sponsors. The ABB fast chargers out there on New Zealand's network have some great features. I mean, my favorite is at some that if you plug in and you finish charging and someone else has come along and they've plugged in as well, the system can automatically switch over to that other vehicle. That's a great feature. Plus, we're now seeing the addition of AC charging ports to ABB fast chargers around the network, which again just adds more versatility and leaves less people waiting for their charging to begin going so they can get onto where they need to go. ABB has a huge range of products available. They've got AC wall boxes, those DC fast charging stations with really robust connectivity, and innovative on-demand electric bus charging for those big operators out there that are starting to get more people in vehicles on the road and reducing their carbon use. So if you want to find out more about ABB can help you, give them a call on 0800 go for abb or if you just got numbers on your phone, 0800 464 222. That's 0800 464 222. Now, well, a lot of the discussion around EVs is about the, the carbon benefits, the fact we're not putting carbon out of the environment and the greenhouse gases and, and those kind of things. There is more to the, the air discussion around EVs than, than just that part of it. The Emissions from petrol vehicles and diesel vehicles can have a significant impact on people's health. And here to discuss this with their, their own experience with electric vehicles is uh, the Chief Executive of Asthma New Zealand, Catherine Leitner. Thanks for joining us, Catherine. Look, great to be here. It's great to be involved in this conversation. It's an important one. Fantastic. And also here to talk about their work with electric vehicles and with Asthma New Zealand is sales specialist for ABB New Zealand, Debbie van Thanks for joining us, Debbie. Thank you. And thank you for having us. Now, Catherine, would it be fair to say New Zealand's got a pretty dismal record when it comes to, to asthma and respiratory issues? Unfortunately, Richard, yes, we, we do. You know, New Zealand has the second highest rate of death for our under 35-year-olds from asthma. And we've had that rate for 20 years now. Asthma apathy in New Zealand is at an all-time high. Unfortunately, COVID has probably, or fortunately, COVID has shaken that up a little bit. But uh, New Zealand has always been recognised as a country that has a really high prevalence of asthma. There's a number of reasons for that, but certainly internationally we are recognised as a country that has a higher prevalence. And what role do vehicle emissions play in in asthma? They have, it as with anything, vehicles admit a particular level of particulate. And for anybody with sensitive airways, that level of particulate is quite ingestible. And so if somebody is triggered by that, then having combustible engines driving around, especially so close to our residential areas, has has a big impact. Now, we heard um, and we've heard, we continually hear the impact of kids in the city versus rural, and there are some big differences there. And that's why we do know that the environment, the pollution from vehicles has a big impact on our ability to breathe easier. So I guess any shift of the fleet, fleet, private vehicles, buses, so forth to electric would have a 
uh, would see hopefully an increase in or decrease in our, our statistics in those areas. Well, we would hope that it would see a decrease in statistics without question. I think, you know, the things probably equally important is to have people realise that what we're doing to our environment, what we're putting into our environment will have an impact on our health. And so if we're not more responsible around that, you know, our health and or that of our children will be impacted. But um, we certainly in the level four lockdown, we had parents letting us know, we had young kids letting us know that they were able to run and keep up with friends in a way that they've never been able to before. You know, and if that isn't an acknowledgement of the impact of getting vehicles off our road, I'm not quite sure what else would be. And, and is setting an example and educating the public about this part of what you do, part of your, your, your work as Asthma New Zealand? Asthma New Zealand is, in effect, an education company. That's what we do. We educate New Zealanders on managing and living well with respiratory conditions. So whether that's asthma, whether that's COPD, bronchoexesis, those are all conditions that are real high prevalence in New Zealand. And so as an education company, we educate in the area of health. We also make sure that people are using their medications and support devices correctly. And we make sure that people understand about their respiratory health because I think health is something that has been quite a confusing topic for many. And when you don't understand it, there is very little chance of you managing it. So I guess with all these benefits we're talking about in regards to the you know air quality and so forth, it's a logical step that you guys have shifted your fleet to EV. But how, how did you guys get to that decision? I mean, what was the process there to shift over? Well, look, you know, I, I sort of looked at all of the vehicles parked in our car park, which were all fossil fuel vehicles, and thought, how would I feel if a journalist phoned me up right now and asked me what Asthma New Zealand was doing driving vehicles that were admitting toxic substances into the environment that were known to impact people's respiratory systems. And so it really, there was no decision to be made. It was logical in terms of transitioning to electric vehicles. And also, we're an education company. And so by transitioning to electric vehicles, what we were in effect doing is also educating people that what we do in the environment has an impact and driving a vehicle, just jumping into a vehicle, you know, putting the nozzle in, filling it up with petrol or diesel, one has to think about that. And I don't think up until recently we really have. How many vehicles are we talking about and, and what are your team driving? So, you know, in the scheme of things, um, we're talking about eight vehicles. And so, you know, my, my biggest concern is how is eight vehicles going to make a difference, you know? In actual fact, that's 12,000 tonne worth of CO2 admissions, which was really quite stunning. I, I didn't think it would be that level. But certainly in terms of transitioning our nurses into those eight vehicles, what we've seen is by having them drive around, people see we've on the bumper it says nothing else matters when you can't breathe. And so those eight vehicles are educating 
as our nurses are driving around. And they're sparking up conversations with people. I've never been, I've been accosted by so many EV drivers in car parks. It's not funny. I didn't realise that there's a real big community out there of EV drivers that are really proud to be EV drivers, you know? Yeah. (laughs) And I sort of by default became one, which was really quite super exciting. But certainly I think, you know, from an education perspective, having people draw a correlation between the environment and our health because up until this point I'm not sure that we really have I think you know everybody oh yes climate change climate change but how does that impact me so, so what are what are the team driving uh, Nissan Leafs I think you've got we're in yes we're in Nissan Leafs and we had to make some really conscious decisions, some really ethical decisions. We're a not-for-profit and we drive around to many different people's homes. So we had to be aware of what we were driving, but more importantly for our funders, we also had to be responsible around that. You know, and I think that driving brand new vehicles for me was questionable. Did we need brand new vehicles? And the answer is no in actual fact, because what was going to happen with the second-hand vehicles that are currently available. So we chose second-hand vehicles for two reasons. One is to send a really strong message that, A, you don't need to go new here. This can be affordable. And B, we're in such a disposable society that we wanted to say to people, stop throwing away good stuff. Reuse, reuse, reuse. So going secondhand for us also was a big part of the story in terms of not just affordability, but being more conscious about the disposable nature in which we're sort of approaching the, the, the environment and society. And, and Hayden and his team at GVI, who are pretty well known around the community, assisted you guys with sourcing those vehicles? Look, Hayden was remarkable because I can tell you now the number of times I walked into his office and had a, a little bit of a mini panic about going with 24 kilowatt vehicles for our Auckland-based nurses and saying, Hayden, Hayden, I think we've just got to go 30 kilowatt. We've got to go as big, give me as big as you can go, please, you know? And he would, okay, let's, let's, let's sit down and let's work through this. And we had, we knew the distances our nurses drove each day. We knew what their requirements were. And 24 kilowatt was ample. And so it was just, and I, I, you know, that was probably a, a time for me where I went through a lot of range anxiety on behalf of my team, realizing that I was the one making the decision, you know, along with the board to throw our nurses into these electric vehicles, which by and large were really new technology. And for them, they, there was a lot to get their heads around. And so the last thing I wanted to do was to have them feel even more anxious when it came to range. Good time to bring you into the conversation here, Debbie. Of course, one of the things that's allowed ASMA to work with those 24 kilowatt hour vehicles is putting in really good infrastructure. Now that's come through, and the reason why we're here in this great ABB showroom is a partnership with ABB. Can you explain how that how that came about and what ABB has been doing for ASMA New Zealand? So, yeah, When Asthma New Zealand came to ABB, it was, for us, there was no thinking process, shall we do this? Or it was actually an honour to be selected to do this for them and to help them with changing their fleet into a more safer, smarter and more sustainable technology. So, yeah, it was a real honour for us. And when we sat down with 
Catherine the first time and we started talking about what are we going to do and it was DC or the fastest that we can get and then I said well let's just look at what we can put in you know and what we need to use it for and that's part of this journey is to you know tell people that we don't expect everybody to know everything and just take the leap and go and there's people around you that can help you do the right thing and and have the best possible solution for what you require, because it's not a one size fits all. So it is um, smart AC chargers. So it was the, the biggest, best product that we could supply to make it easier for Asthma New Zealand to charge their vehicles in a safe way, but also to do the reporting required by ECA to see how the vehicles are utilised, when they're charging, you know, all of that information. So that's why we went with the AC chargers. It was easier to install at the nurses' homes. It's a small compact unit and very safe. So there's units at the at the drivers' homes and at your offices? Yeah. So the one thing that we wanted to make sure of was that charging was never going to be an issue for the nurses. And so we've got um, at each of our locations in Auckland, Rotorua and Wellington, we've got charging infrastructure. And then in our nurses' homes, all of them have had the charges installed there as well so that they've got the free flow. What's the learning curve been like for the the nurses and your other staff in regards to driving the EVs and charging the EVs? I mean, it's it's a new experience. So the one thing that I did right up front was we approached this from a change management perspective, and so we were we had the nurses go into GVI and actually do a two hour induction training before the vehicles even turned up. So Hayden and Russell were really fantastic in that they you know brought the nurses in, introduced them to you know the vehicles on the showroom floor, had them charge, had them plug in, unplug, and and really took away a lot of the anxiousness. And what we actually, we were expecting to do a second level of induction after they'd all been driving for a couple of weeks. We actually didn't need to. I think everybody was really shocked at how quickly the conversion to the vehicles occurred. And I don't think there would be one nurse that would tell you now that they're not completely comfortable um, I can see, you know, they, they'll charge up wherever they wherever they are and I can see them popping up on the different charging infrastructure and I'm um, just very, very comfortable. I think the other thing that's really important for us as well is that it, it, it ensures that our, some of the nurses that are driving long distance take a break. You know? um, it's so easy for them just to get on that, you know, to, to, to be chasing and to try and get as many patients in because they're all so committed to doing what they do. And so they're just trying to get as many patients in in a day. Now, that can, that can that's that's great on one hand, not if they're having to drive distances. And so um, that was initially that was one of the concerns. I said, actually, you know what, we need you to be stopping and having a break. It's something we, we've found recently with working with a, another one of your partners, Audi New Zealand, uh, with their vehicles, is, is people still have this mentality that they need to be able to drive for four hours without having a sandwich. And the great thing about an EV is it forces you sometimes to stop, have that cup of tea, have that sandwich and and wait. Yeah. And I think it is, it is 
for ICE vehicle owners, it's quite new because they get in the vehicle and they get to their destination and that's it. They probably don't have to even refuel in between. But it is nice to have a break and look at the scenery around you and, and you know, smell the roses, really. I and think that's sometimes what they think they do, but in actual fact, they do stop and have a sandwich. The way I go put it is to Pelti, but to go to, next time you go to a, a service station with a cafe, start your stopwatch when you arrive at the service station and stop it when you leave. And it's never as quick as people think in comparison to charging no. <laughs> an electric vehicle. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, very, very much so. And I think, you know, the other thing too, too is, you know, that whole checking phones and texts and, and emails and that they all of a sudden have this window whereby they can do that. And so, you know, it, it really, you know, that's really efficient use of time as well. And it just gives them that state change. It takes that um, that, that that anxiety, that pressure off. Do you find, Debbie, that, that a staff at various companies you guys have installed equipment for often need a lot of training or are they finding this equipment pretty intuitive to use? We have not supplied any training on our charges to anyone. People, it's just very self-explanatory, really. There is a, when you approach the charger, there's a there's a screen and you select what you, the outlet that you want, you press start and you go. Once you're done, you just press stop again, you know. So it is pretty easy. I think the education part needs to come in the vehicle suppliers, the people that supply the vehicle, OEMs that supply it, to make sure that the customers understand. And what I get asked a lot is, but there's not enough charges. How are we going to get to destination? And then I just take out the PlugShare app and I say, well, there's all the DC public charges. No. And people are really stunned because they think there is not enough charging infrastructure. And I mean, there, there is... There is sufficient for the fleet that we have in New Zealand at the moment. And that's part of our also education at events is to, you know, educate people to say, you don't need to have that range anxiety. Like you say, you can have a break. There's lots of stops that you can have a break. And that shouldn't be the reason why you don't convert to an electric vehicle. And they quiet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and clean. And yes, clean. yes. Yes. Now, let's talk dollars and cents. I mean, has there been a, a cost benefit to to switching to electric? I mean, obviously your petrobol's gone down, but but overall, I mean, what has the experience been like from a from a business, from a dollars perspective? Look, you know, without question, uh, certainly in terms of our fuel bill, um, that has definitely gone down and that that does make a difference for us. But, you know, I think the thing is, is that respiratory health costs New Zealand $7 billion every year. (laughs) If we want to talk about real cost savings, we should start focusing on that because, you know, the the, the amount of money being spent at at, at the hospital end of respiratory disease is really far outweighs the cost of running a petrol fueled versus an electric. So I think that those are those are the macro costs I think we need to start considering. For us definitely, you know, I I think I'd be lucky if I'm pushing and I haven't seen the latest figures. I'm um, obviously 
2020 has uh, provided us with some pretty <laughs> um, challenging times. <laughs> but I don't know that we've actually pushed over a thousand dollars yet in terms of charging costs. And you know, and we've had these vehicles running since uh, January, so it, it's pretty remarkable from that perspective. They do use a lot less power than what we what what we, we anticipated. So you know, certainly really economical from that perspective. Now, Debbie, you you deal with corporates on a regular basis around their charging needs. I mean, how important is it that they do look at putting in proper infrastructure with both their facilities and their staff when they're considering the switch to electric? I think it it, it is quite important because it not only charges a lot quicker than just plugging it into a plug, which is not safe, it also gives them some idea of how their staff use the vehicles and use the the chargers. So I think it is it is really important from a safety standpoint. You you don't want to hurt anybody from happy staff because they can see that it doesn't take that long to charge my vehicle up, even with an with an AC charger. And also there is charge points around the city and around the country that they can charge at. And I think it is it is important that that corporates understand, like asthma. I think there's a there's a lot of preconceived preconceived ideas of well, this is going to cost me so much if I have to put infrastructure in my staff homes. And at the end of the day, if you take into consideration the difference between maintaining an internal combustion engine and an EV the savings are really easy to see. And, and I guess there's the advantage that you guys have probably looked at that it does make it very clear what you are reimbursing essentially for, for electricity that goes into those cars when they're at their staff's homes. How, how does that work for you? Do you you monitor the electricity usage and re, reimburse them for that? We're currently going through that at the moment and just analysing you know, what was their, what were their power bills for the three months before and then what are their power bills for the three months of EV use, of course, the problem is, is that we've had this little disaster called COVID in amongst the mix of all of this. So it really has thrown a curveball in, in, in around this, but we're getting a fairly good idea. And to be honest with you, we're actually not talking, we're talking maybe a reimbursement of $20 you know, uh, uh, and $20 a week. In fact, it does, it's not even that. It, it, it's way less than that. So you've been driving an EV now for a while as part of this. Would you go back? I mean, you're sold? Well, look, I was, I did not see myself driving an EV, to be fair with you. I thought that um, I'd put my team into them and, and at some point in time I would convert over. In saying that, I wanted to I wanted to spend a couple of months driving them before I did put my nurses into the vehicles so I understood. And so if they phoned me up and they were experiencing a problem, I could I could respond to them. I haven't got out of one to the degree that um, I will convert my personal vehicle over to an electric vehicle as well. I've been so impressed with their performance. It is handled much better than I had ever, ever anticipated as an electric vehicle. I I don't know what I was expecting, but certainly not the power, the, the ease of, of manoeuvring, just the comfort of driving is um, really something that has surprised me. Now, I'm going to go with a little bit of an interesting question here. We're discussing this before we sat down. You guys have a bus 
an education bus and you're considering converting that to electrical or at the early stage looking at options around that. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're thinking there? Yeah, look, this bus is the bane of my life. It's a 2002 Bedford manual transmission. And we call her Betty Blue. And because she's blue, she's very, very blue. She's a big six-birth camper. And she sits in the garage and is diesel. Now, the issue with this is this is a number of issues. One, that it's diesel. Two, that it's manual. And to be fair, um, there's a lot of people that don't know how to drive manual <laughs> these days. But most importantly, it is in terms of the emissions that, that, that she does give off because because she's an older vehicle, but more importantly, because she just does really short trips. She doesn't do long trips, so it's just that constant stop-start. And we take her to schools, you know, and you think, okay, you know, here we are driving this. And, and, and it does really trouble me that so many of our schools are located near our motorways. It, that, that perplexes me, certainly in Auckland and our big cities. So, you know, oh. our young kids are just breathing in all these fumes and um, us driving a, a, a big Bedford bus that's diesel powered doesn't help the situation. But yeah, we want to. And, you know, once again, it, it is, you know, if we're, if we're an education company, is how what are we educating? And I think we underestimate the impact or the power of what we do. You know, our young kids, are, our young people are always looking at us. They're looking at us and they're seeing the congruence or the lack of. And, you know, I think that there's so much incongruence in, in how we live. We, 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 we talk a good talk, but do we necessarily walk the talk? And so from an Asthma New Zealand perspective, it is, it is also about congruence and the message that we're sending to to our young people. And, and I guess, Betty, yeah, I think you said, said the bus was, if it was converted, it would be such a great ambassador to children about that clean air message and, of course, the, the fun things you can do with electric vehicles. So so if any of our listeners out there are specialists, I guess, in converting old buses, then uh, I'm sure uh, Catherine would uh, would love to hear, with you, hear from you with any ideas you have around converting that vehicle. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, so the big thing for us is it's all about story. And this is this is why I think the partnership with ABB and Singer and GBI has been so powerful is that we've been able to tell such a powerful story. And New Zealand, you know, we've had this problem with respiratory health for 20 plus years now. It's not going to go with away with more medication if we don't start telling good stories so it resonates with people, so people get it, people understand, they're not going to change their behaviour. And so that's why, you know, um, I know when we when we sat down with ABB, you know, the first question I asked is, is this just a simple PR exercise? You know, is this just, a, you know, kissing babies and, and, and getting a bit of publicity? Or is this because this is the right thing to do? And you looked at me and said, it's because it's the right thing to do. And I said, this is going to be a great partnership. You know, uh, we don't need any more publicity over this. We actually need partnerships. We need people doing things for the right reasons, not because it's a, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to get on the front of a magazine. No, this is about doing the right thing, not just for this generation, but for future generations as well. Okay, I just have to say one more thing at the end. So for ABB, it is not just the asthma project. It was, it is as part of our electrification mission to create a better world for everybody to live in. And that's why it is our mission to create leading technology for a more sustainable mobility for the whole world. 
Okay. So one of the things that's been really, really critical on this journey for ASM New Zealand has definitely been our partners because this we were wading into the unknown. And, I, and what I know now is had we not partnered with the expertise that we partnered with, I think we would have made a number of mistakes. And I think, you know, mistakes are great, but just don't learn from your own, you know. If you can learn from others, that's really smart. Or if you can avoid them by using working with experts, that's even smarter. So I think, you know, choosing, your, choosing the partners that you go on this journey with has been so critical because I think we could have, ASM New Zealand could have made a number of wrong choices and, and had to learn quickly, which would have absolutely detracted us from what our business is. And it's not electric vehicles, it's educating people on how to live well with respiratory disease. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us to discuss this today. It's great to see it. these partnerships are working and, and really helping advance the, the whole EV movement and, uh, and see practical benefits from what what we're doing out there. It's uh, it's it's really positive to see. So thank you. It's Catherine Leitner from Asthma New Zealand and Debbie Vanderscape from ABB. Thanks so much. Don't forget to uh, like and subscribe this podcast. Or if you're watching on the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel down there and we'll catch you really, sh- really soon. Thanks again for listening to the EVs and Beyond podcast. Do not forget to throw us a five-star rating and share the podcast. It really helps us out. We'll catch you again in two weeks time. Mm-hmm.